Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good morning, Eric. I am doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited because today you're going to be actually, we're starting a series um, that's called the Back to Basics series. And, and uh, why did you decide to do a series like this? Well, Eric, you know, it's it's part of my overall process for my clients and people that I work with uh, to make sure that they're fully educated about the financial options that are out there uh, and to be able to make informed decisions. So part of the, the outreach that we're doing with this uh, program is to get to a broader audience. So I figure I might as well let them know uh, what these tools are out there, make themselves better educated in terms of the financial options in front of them. And those will be the back to basics. That's fantastic. And here's the thing is that I know a couple of the subjects you're going to be talking about, and there's really nothing basic about those items. Uh, I know today we're going to be covering 401ks, but there's so much misinformation out there. There's so many different, uh, there are so many places that people get information, right? About 401ks, about these things that you're going to be covering and back to basics. Unfortunately, a lot of them have their own angle and uh, they're not presented well. And so it really doesn't give all the information. I know that's in just speaking to you in the first two podcasts, you are all about education and really clarifying for people. So I know at the end of this podcast, we're going to be offering up your contact information. So anybody who has questions following listening to this podcast, they can reach out. So I love the fact that you're very open to that. Well, you know, Erica, you, you touched on a good point there. Uh, that, you know, when people go looking for information out there in the internet, so many times the information that they get is uh, coming from a, one of the particular silos of the financial industrial complex, as I like to call mm -hmm. it. You know? yeah. So if you're getting information from somebody that wants to sell you an annuity, then then they're going to slant it that way. You get it from somebody that wants to make sure that you have their money under their management, it's going to be slanted that way. Uh, and, you know, Part of my pilot process I've been developing over the last oh, three decades, basically, uh, is designed to try to avoid that siloing so that you are always getting the straight answer on things. That's fantastic. Now, remind us again what the pilot process is. You, you, we spoke about that in the last podcast, and if you haven't heard that podcast, please go back and listen to it. It really describes Greg's process in detail, uh, but just a quick reminder of what the pilot process is. Yeah, Eric, when I decided that I was going to evolve from just being an estate planning attorney to being a, a financial advocate for my clients, uh, I started learning all of these tools out there. And I was, I rapidly became aware that there was a bewildering number of choices out there for people. So I took the effort and the energy to make sure that all these different things that I've come across over the years have been chronicled uh, and I've been put together uh, in a systematic fashion through mm -hmm. my pilot process, which is designed to bring those tools to the consumer when they are needed in their life so they can be fully informed in a 
man, a, a, a process uh, that is always future pacing. So we're, we're looking forward to see what's going on. I'm referring to my pilot process, my, uh, my menu of options for the client mm -hmm. uh, so that they do have that full range of tools available to them. Absolutely. Now, today's about 401ks, and I think that most of the listeners will kind of have the basic understanding of what a 401k is, and probably most of them have one. What are we learning today? So uh, this is fundamentals, right? Uh, what do people need to know? What do they need to be aware of? How do they want to manage their 401k? Uh, because it was you know, foisted upon the saver uh, back in the 80s, and a lot of people are just kind of following the lead of the water cooler talk or the uh, the guy that was brought in by the employer to make sure they meet their mandatory obligations of education. Uh, and they think that that's their advisor, but that's not really an advisor. That's just someone that's going to tell them how to invest the stuff in mm -hmm. their 401k. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, fundamentals, how to think about your 401k, how to use your 401k, how to manage your 401k uh, throughout your employment life cycle. Yeah, I, I remember my very first 401k, and it was, I, we were brought into a conference room. There was a guy there I'd never met. We talked about the 401ks, and there, I think there was three different ways to invest. And they're like, well, you're young, so you should do this, and which was you know aggressive or whatever they put us into. I checked the boxes, signed the document, or whatever I did back then, and, and I never thought about it after that. I mean, there was no you know, looking back at it to see if there was anything that needed to be changed. So I know a lot of people, when they first get in, there's so many things that are overwhelming about a new job or new career when you're changing um, that this kind of gets put on the back burner as far as decision-making. Well, there are a couple of things. So, so let's just start there in the kind of the employee life cycle uh, with a 401k. You're just starting your job. You know, when you are somebody that's excited about the future and you want to do the right thing, uh, you want to start saving for that, uh, and, and you're making those first steps into, I'm an adult now, right? And you come across your, your employee benefits person that says, okay, sign up for your 401k. All right, I'm going to do that. Great. Uh, how much do I put in? Where do I put it? All those kind of questions. Well, that HR person can't give you any advice on that, right? You're on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people will put down whatever, not even knowing what they're selecting really, and make a contribution. But the first thing I want people to think about when they're kind of starting out that way uh, is really going again back to basics and budgeting. So what I hate to see is people that are uh, deepening themselves in debt uh, and putting money in a 401k instead of getting themselves on a solid foundation to start with and mm. paying down that debt, getting themselves uh, appropriately oriented. You know, the financial industrial complex will tell you to put your money into the 401k and compounding over time, that's going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's truth to that. But when you're paying on a mortgage, you're paying for your car and you're paying, you know, to live the American dream the way that we do, uh, where you get debt and then you pay it off, there needs to be a little bit more thought about that balance between paying toward the future, to your future self in the 401k, mm -hmm. or paying off your past self and all the indulgences you've had along the way. So first thing is uh, when you're getting started, and it just in any time along the line, you know, your 401k is a savings tool, but people uh, tend to overuse that tool as opposed to other tools that are out there. 
What do you mean by overuse? So it's kind of a fundamental thing with financial planning that when your boss is going to give you a match, uh, that you want to put money into your 401k so you can take advantage of that, right? You want to get that Mm -hmm. free money. Uh, uh, And so that is a good, solid start to things. But, you know, if you are sitting in a position where you're either trying to save to buy a home or you've bought a home and you're paying off a mortgage where you, you, know, you just got uh, the mortgage and you know, 90% of every dollar that you pay goes toward interest, mm-hmm. well, maybe there's a better way to allocate our dollars instead of putting you know, the maximum into your 401k. Maybe you're better off putting some money to accelerate the payment on that debt or uh, instead of putting more money into this tax-deferred vehicle where it's going to be an IRS jail until you're 59 and a half, uh, put money into a bank account or mm-hmm. a mortgage account, or not a mortgage account, a, a, a basic brokerage account, those type of things. So people need to be thinking broader than where they are kind of herded into their 401k when they get started. Yeah. I, I, I think that a lot of people are just, you know, Put the maximum in there because it comes out of your paycheck before you ever see it. And so I think a lot of it has to do with discipline. Yeah, it is an imposed discipline. And that's how the the behavioral modification gurus have set it up, right? So uh, you're you're nudged into doing that. Uh, And there's, there's a good reason for that because I see too many people that don't have any retirement savings. But, you know, one of the things that I've always... uh, observed back when I was doing some bankruptcy work as well. You know, I've seen people that were in there in financial stress. Uh, they end up pulling the money out of their 401k, uh, whether they take a loan uh, against the plan uh, or they take outright distributions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got other things going on in their world that they need to attend to. Uh, and in those initial years, if you take the, the saving approach, and you don't put it all into a spot where you got got IRS jail, then you're able to maybe uh, weather those storms of life a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree 100%. Just personally, that actually happened to us. And so we had to take money out of the 401k because we did not get good advice. Uh, we took a loan, and uh, then when we left the job, uh, I thought we'd just continue to pay on the loan, you don't. You have to pay the entire loan back within, I think, 60 days. Because yeah. uh, we had taken the money out as a loan to help a family member, which, I mean, they paid us back. It wasn't an issue there, but they couldn't pay us back right then. So that meant <laughs> that we took a huge hit uh, to pay back that loan plus all the penalties. So we learned a very valuable and painful lesson through that. Yeah, as did I. When I started my savings career, uh, I had a few good years in the practice of law when I got started. And uh, went to my financial advisor at that point in time and started putting money in tax deferral. Well, in my youth and indiscretion, when the next couple of years came along and I didn't do quite as well in my practice and I needed to have some money, well, then I had to liquidate those funds, mm-hmm. getting them out of tax jail. So that's part of what forces me now or what's driving me uh, to have the perspective that I do that, you know, when you're young, you got to save, but you got to have diversification, real diversification, not just artificial in the market diversification. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when we're talking about savings in a different way, I'm assuming that you're, you're including some sort of emergency fund, right? In, in that, because if, if we had had an emergency fund 
back then, we wouldn't have had to take in a loan in a way. And if my family member had had an emergency fund of some kind, they wouldn't have had to borrow money from us. Is that kind of where the foundation begins? Yeah. And that emergency fund can manifest itself in many different places, right? There's all kinds of tools that you can use to save up that money that you get access to in a rainy day like that. Uh, and, you know, in the modern era, unfortunately, as we look to the next five, 10 years, at least, the bank is not going to be paying you a whole heck of a lot of interest mm -hmm. on that money there. So it's fairly stagnant. Uh, so we got to look for other tools to do that. Uh, you can use, you know, traditional, uh, brokerage accounts, although it's at risk. So you want to make sure that you've got the money, uh, in as, uh, safe of investments as possible. We're opening your horizons to, you know, permanent life insurance, those kind of things that have cash value that you can get at to uh, access to, to, you know, weather those storms. Mm -hmm. So Greg, as far as somebody who's already established, we, we've spoken about people that are just starting off in a career and starting the 401k process and kind of alluded to some ideas that they can do or th things that need to be thinking about. But what about somebody who's established in a career, maybe 10, 15 years in, maybe even more that has a 401k um, and they're looking for options? Yeah. So if, if somebody has, you know, started a saving early, you know, like we have talked about and now they're 15, 20 odd years into their employment career. Well, if they've done things uh, the right way and they've got uh, some decent uh, financial guidance along the way as to what funds to select, what have you, then there's a possibility or a probability even that they got a pretty nice little nest egg that they've created there. Uh, and so at that point in time now, we need to be thinking, especially going forward in the kind of environment that we're in at the market right now, you know, how do we protect what we have? Uh, you know, how do we take that risk out of that equation and move forward? You know, and what I find over the years is that, you know, somebody that is in their career now, uh, you know, as we were reflecting a moment ago, you know, they've, they've lost jobs, they've shifted jobs and what have you. Uh, and, you know, they've got some IRA money as well as 401k money. One of the things that I, I rail against as it is, uh, is whenever somebody quits a job uh, or leaves a job, goes on to another job, don't just reflexively move your old 401k to a new 401k because mm -hmm. that becomes an opportunity for you to take control over those funds that you saved to that point in time. And that opportunity does give you uh, an option and the ability to get professional guidance and management on what's there or otherwise to capture and protect what you've got along the way. But let's say you're sitting there, you're, you're in your early 50s, and you've got, oh, a couple hundred thousand or what have you in your 401k. And you're feeling like, well, this market looks really weird. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with what I'm doing. And you feel kind of paralyzed. And the reality is that the one drawback with 401, well, many drawbacks, but the primary drawback of 401k in my book is as the years have gone on, uh, the number of options that are available to the typical employee, instead of becoming broader, they've actually become more narrow hmm. as uh, the number of 401k providers um, have consolidated. Uh, and if you look at a typical 401k menu, uh, what are you, what can you put your money into? 
Well, you have primarily target date funds now, uh, which if you go back to the early years, I do recommend for most people that they use that type of, of a fund when they are in the early accumulation years. Mm -hmm. But now as you've gotten around to 50 or so, um, we need to be a little bit more precise in that. Uh, as an aside with what, what those target date funds are, uh, is there basically an autopilot uh, account uh, that has a blend of stocks and bonds that is designed to uh, reflect what theoretically is your risk tolerance if you're going to be retiring at that target date? And what that does, and the reason why I recommend early on in your life that you do use those, is it does give you one of the lower cost alternatives typically in your 401k. But as you are a balance in there and as you are in your 50s and you're now looking at the finish line as opposed to the starting line, uh, then that automatic uh, dealing, risking that they've got in place doesn't really work as well for you as mm. you would like to think it does. Yeah, it sounds like the, uh, the beginning is a shotgun approach and now we need to really refine and, and kind of get the scope involved. Yeah, so at that point in time, so again, you're kind of in your uh, early 50s and you're, again, looking at the finish line, not the starting line. Then at that point, you should be looking at, okay, how do I uh, take the risk out of this or capture what I've got and systematically put what's, what's there? And so at that point in time, one of the things that people do look at is, uh, you know, do we now separate out from a from a traditional Nile traditional a, a target date fund uh, to individual different funds, and that's when they really do need to get some good advice, mm -hmm. whether it's from their Fidelity rep, Vanguard rep, or somebody outside, because um, you, now you need to be more precise about things. So what can somebody on the outside do? So in other words, you. Like if somebody is listening to this and says, well, my rep, really I don't have a connection with them. I don't know, you know, if, if they're, you know, really considering what's best for me or if they're working more for the company, so on and so forth. If they reach out to you, what can you actually do with their 401k? The short answer is it depends. Some 401k plans uh, last I saw, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% of 401ks uh, have what's called a broker window uh, or a facility to allow you to self-direct part of your 401k. Uh, and by accessing that tool uh, that is in your 401k, and now you can bring in outside advisors and work with them to manage your 401k. Uh, to make sure that you're getting the benefit of personalized, ongoing investment and financial advice along with that. You know, tools that are allowing you to take advantage of tactical money management to protect against downside loss, uh, tools that allow some people to have greater access to individual uh, you know, company stocks and those type of things. So that's the first thing that people need to look at and see whether or not they can bring in an outside advisor directly to affect the account. Got it. All right. Now, after that, if we can't come in to directly affect an account... Uh, many folks in the industry, like myself, uh, will provide insight and guidance on your selection of what you've got there and provide, you know, kind of a snapshot of where you are and help you move forward. And, 
and some go as far as to take, uh, you know, through directives, the ability to manage those accounts and help you that way. But by and large, you're going to be kind of stuck in the 401k that you're in. So we can maybe do the brokerage uh, window to get access to it or uh, at least direct you as to choices that are more aligned with what you're going on through in your life. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they control how much they're putting into it. So I'm assuming that, you know, part of that review process would be you, you know, taking a look and saying, okay, you're, you're really putting a lot into this compared to, you know, if you trim that back only doing enough to get the best match or, or whatever the advice would be. And then instead of putting this other percentage, these other three, 4% in, how about you put that three or 4% in, in a different vehicle? Is that something you can help them take a look at? Absolutely. Uh, and that is a lot of times what we do. Uh, when we, if we have, you know, been an aggressive saver going up to that point in our life and you've done things the right way, well, you know, you've got that bucket fairly well established. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we've talked about before, one of my contentions is if you look 15, 20 years down the road, uh, personal income tax rates are going to be significantly higher than they are now. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we've got that bucket in a position where it is most likely going to grow uh, substantially still over the next 10, 15 years, then let's start looking at filling out other buckets when we are in that 50 uh, to 59 kind of range in our life. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Once somebody is really toward the end of their career, now we're, we're on the, the, the sunset part of it, right? They're getting ready to retire. Uh, they've got this 401k. Hopefully they've got other buckets that have been well established. What are you looking at doing to help them uh, with the transition? You know, as we talked about in some more detail in our last uh, conversation, you know, once that employee becomes 59 and a half, uh, most 401ks give them the ability to do an in-service distribution, uh, a rollover into their own IRA. And so that's that next stage in the life cycle of a, of a 401k. Uh, that people need to take a hard look at where they are, where they're headed, use the tools that are out there for them to take control over their situation, uh, roll out what they can roll out, get it under some professional guidance or get it under uh, some insured growth vehicle that they now have uh, that peace of mind that they know what they have worked so hard to accumulate up to that point in time is protected. So now they can they can focus on you know the additional contributions that are going to be there for the rest of uh, their life. All right, so we've covered the fifty nine and a half stage. Now let's hit sixty five, the magic number. <laughs> well, uh, the magic yes. number a lot of people think of. That's right. But as we talked about the other day, for most of our listeners out there, it's not sixty five anymore, right. but sixty seven even. Yep. But, you know, so, you know, we've kind of walked through what I like to call the life cycle of the 401k. We got the early savings period where we are, you know, got to be mindful as to how much we're putting in there in the current era. Uh, we have the, the mature stage where we've accumulated and we're moving to protect. Uh, we've got the uh, kind of the sunset stage where we've done the bulk of our saving and we're looking down the road to what 65 would be or 67 would be capturing and protecting it and so now we have we're hitting the hitting the bricks uh, back in the day they'd be the gold watch and your uh, pat on the back and here's your defined benefit right mm -hmm. uh, but now that's not so much 
So when we are at that spot where we are finally going to be hitting the highway, uh, now the last thing that anybody should do, I'm going to take some flack for making this comment, but the last thing anybody should do is leave their money behind in a 401k. Hmm. Roll it out, put it into your own IRA, get it under your control. Don't leave it back with your uh, fidelity broker or whomever that uh, were brought to you by your employer. You have to take control yourself. Uh, the government set up the 401k to put the burden on you to prepare for your future. When it is time to move on, take control for yourself. Got it. And you can help somebody do that, I assume. I have done that before and will do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So if somebody's listening to this, no matter what stage they're in and they want to just have a review and they, I'm sure this brought up a lot of questions for people, uh, because it's, it's no surprise to me that you are not necessarily a cheerleader for 401ks, uh, because I know you well enough to say that you want people to have more control and more, uh, buy-in with, with their future. Uh, and that's something that you help people do. So if they are listening to this saying, you know, this is the stage I'm in. I want to talk to somebody. I want to talk to Greg. How do they reach out to you? Uh, Eric, they can reach me uh, through uh, the website, uh, www.dupontwealth.com. Uh, they can reach me by email, uh, greg at dupontwealth.com. And they can reach me by phone at area code 614-408-0004. Fantastic. Greg, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Eric. Look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. And of course, the last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.